Hi, and welcome to Texas Apartment Association's Education Foundation Series, Hints from HR. And I am Blaze Valeri with Gemstar Construction. Today, we are going to talk about HR innovations. Just some new ideas to think about, to maybe change, shake some things up and experiment with in your organizations. So we got the team back together today, the angels to my Charlie. We have Becca Ramadi and Nicole Block. Say hello. Hello, hello. Well, we do have a special, special guest today, too, that I'm excited to talk to. He's the general manager from Highland Commercial Properties, Mike Rust. So, Mike, please tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll start to kick off this conversation on HR innovations. Yeah, Blaze. Um, first of all, real happy to be on. I feel honored uh, to, to be a part of your show here. And so thanks thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the general manager for Highland Commercial Properties. I've been there for a little over four years. Um, I'm a past president of the San Antonio Apartment Association and currently the, the chair of the TAA Legislative Committee. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been in the industry about 11 years. Well, we're certainly <laughs> glad to have you on and we're certainly glad to have this conversation because Highland Commercial Properties, we're going to talk a little bit about your organization and some of their really interesting approaches that they have for their teams and for their communities. So, Mike, can you just shed a little light about Highland Commercial, maybe the size, the markets that you're in? This way, we can kind of understand this conversation may not be for everybody. It may, you know, just be a niche kind of organization. So if you could just tell us a little bit about the organization so we can know if it's, uh, you know, just a catalyst for some new conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Highland Commercial uh, Properties is, you know, it's a family owned um, business that, you know, been operating in Texas for, you know, well over 25 years. You know, we own and manage single family and multifamily properties in San Antonio and Houston. We have some houses in Austin and a, and a few in Fort Worth as well, a couple other, you know, minor markets in between. You know, Marco Hurley, past immediate past president of the Texas Department Association. Um, is the president of the company. Basically, we're IROs. You know, he's an IRO, and so uh, we run that. We're able to run the company that way. We're able to to try a lot of new things. Um, I think a lot of them are applicable to everybody around, but I know that there's uh, you know a lot of constraints um, that third party managers have that that we don't have uh, that allows us to to try some fun things. Well, and I think too, you know, what we talked about when we did our intake call is that exactly what you said is that even though you know how you guys are able to execute on some of these innovations that we're really excited to talk about. It, a lot of them are scalable. You know, a lot of them are maybe able to be, you know, kind of tweaked and changed and still ad- adopted with many of us out there. It just might, you know, have to be tweaked to fit into a current format if you're a read or third party or, you know, depending on, you know, again, what your current restrictions are. But I think a lot of these things are going to ask or going to have, have people ask some really good questions. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So the first one I want to point out then, tell me if these rumors are true or not. With I know Microsoft uh, experimented with a four-day work week in, week in Japan. A little bit of a different industry, but they had a, a some, some metrics that show that they had a 40% productivity boost. My understanding is that Highland, you guys have incorporated a four-day work week. Can you tell us what that looks like and why did you just decide to take this initiative? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. So it's a, it's a fun thing um, that we've rolled out recently. You know, we started thinking about this. Actually, you know, I said I've been with Highland for about, about four years. And to be honest, we were talking about this really early on in, in 2017, it's an idea that Marco had gotten, um, you know, I want to say from England, you know, it, it's it's kind of a, a thing overseas. And so we were just chatting about the way to make it work. And then in 2019, you know, we thought we had maybe an idea of, of how we could do it. And we started out with a four and a half day work week where, you know, you'd still have 40 hours Monday to Thursday, eight to six, and then four hours on Friday. 
And the reason we wanted to try it was, you know, for a couple of things. One, you know, we thought it'd be a great benefit for our employees, you know, <clears throat> where you know they would have a head start on the weekend. They could make their appointments um, on a on a weekday when other businesses are open, you know, where they'd be able to get things done when they're not at work. And we thought maybe that would help, um, you know, have everybody present during the week, you know, the rest of the working week. Uh, it was really important for us to find a way to do that that didn't really affect our customers because we still needed to be around to meet their needs, meet the needs of the company. So that's kind of where how it started. And so we, you know, we started with a four and a half day work week in 2019. We rolled it out to um, just a couple properties, one small, one big, uh, just to see how it how it went. And, and we found that um, the employees liked it a lot. And um, and actually, you know, productivity. You know, I don't. We don't have the stats that Microsoft has. Yeah, you know, we haven't <laughs> measured it that way. But uh, you know, we feel like productivity actually. Um, was helped by it, you know, uh, contrary to what you might might think, you know, people were able to, to get their work done. They knew that they had less time, less days to do it. And so they got more done while they were there. How did it affect the engagement and motivation? I, I would imagine that that would be, you know, something that, that you guys considered. I know it's not always measurable, but again, maybe your turnover reduced or something like that. But um, how did it affect their engagement motivation? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can't I can't speak for all of them, but, but what we saw was that they liked it, you know, and so you would have, you know, kind of a little bit of peer pressure where you'd have an employee say, well, you know, don't mess this up for the rest of us, you know, um, and so there was, uh, you know, there was some of that where um, we felt like you know, people liked the idea of having Friday afternoons off and um, and didn't want to didn't want to, 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 for lack of a better phrase, mess it up. Right. Um, so I would think I would think it's also kind of a a good recruiting tool as well as you're bringing new people into the company that this is a great benefit for them. Yeah, we, we think so. And we, and we try to talk about it when we're, when we're doing interviews and, and advertisements and everything we want to say, yeah, listen, this is great. You're going to have Fridays off, you know, that, uh, yeah, absolutely. Becky, that, that does help. A follow up to that real quick, just maybe Nicole for you as well. People out there listening to this who are looking to get into the industry, what is thinking about how a company looks at HR or HR innovation what should they be thinking about hearing this conversation as well? Yeah, no, and I was just thinking about with the the job kind of the job seeker. And I know that when Blaze and I got to talk to Mike about this yesterday, we had a thousand questions. Poor Mike was like just getting hit left and right because we were so excited to hear about this. Um, you know, but but I think as a job seeker, you know, you're you're obviously looking for a certain schedule as well. We all are. We all have other things in our personal life that um, that have to kind of fit in with our professional life. So I think the job seeker would definitely want to look at that having Friday afternoons off. One thing I wanted Mike to clarify too, and I think this is a scalable option for other companies is that the schedule to my understanding, Mike is very static. So everyone has the same schedule, you know, Monday through Thursday now, but Monday through Thursday and, and half day Fridays. Um, I know on the first week of the month, which you can go into that, but I think how it's scalable is potentially a larger company that's open six or seven days a week. Um, could be able to stagger four-day work week. So again, just thinking about those types of things, you know, I, I think that's a, that's an opportunity for it to be scalable for a job seeker to consider, but also for other companies to look at, um, you know, for a more productive, engaged work uh, workforce. But sorry, I know that Mike was going to go into how they got from four and a half, you know, days to four. So if you wanted to kind of take that over, sorry, sorry, Blaze, Beck, and I just jumped all over your questions, but I don't know. Keep going. I- Mike, please, uh, yeah, let's get to the four-day, and then uh, I got a great follow-up for both you and Nicole as well. Okay. Yeah, uh, so um, we were doing the four-and-a-half day. We had that completely rolled out, and, and it was pretty successful. You know, the goal had always been four days. So then, you know, the world turned itself upside down, and we thought, well, now the, now's a chance to do it. You know, let, let's just try it. You know, I I think we, you know, we have a great company to work for, and it, and it starts at the very top, and, and you know, 
you know, Marco made the decision that he was willing to pay people 40 hours a week for 36 hours of work. So we went to a four day work week where, um, you know, we worked nine hours a day with, you know, with uh, a lunch break Monday to Thursday. And then Friday, you just, you got paid for four hours as if you were there, but you, you didn't have to show up. So it was, you know, you don't have to wake up in the morning and do your hair and get dressed and take a shower and all that, and then come in for four hours and then go home. You've got the whole day to do whatever you need to do. And so it was, it was a good transition. It kind of kept people out of the offices a little bit more. Um, you know, I, if you want, I could just keep going into some of yeah. the adjustments we had to make because obviously- well, and this is office and maintenance. I think we should maybe make that point yeah. is that office and service are both on this Monday through Thursday. And then what you'll go into with the first week of the month um, schedule, correct? That's absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah. And, and Mike, please touch base as well on that. It can vary a little bit because you guys can still open up on Friday and Saturday, depending on different situations. Right. Yeah. So it's gone, it's evolved, right? It's not like any, anything you, you roll it out and then you kind of see what you have yeah. to what you have to change. Um, and I, I should mention, you know, when we started the four and a half day, we did a little bit at a time when we did the four day, we just, that was just everybody at once. That was just shoot everybody out of the can at the same time and see what happens. Um, and so, yeah, so the first Friday of every month, you know, as a, you know, kind of a conceit to what our industry is, we have the office staff come back in uh, for, to be available for collecting rents. And cause we all know that the beginning of the month is, is really hectic, you know, on site. Um, originally we had the maintenance come back in on that first Friday of every month as well. Uh, recently we made a change where the maintenance, they, they don't have to do that. So, you know, and, and that's kind of also just kind of a recognition that in our industry, the maintenance guys, you know, there's a lot of, you know, unsung heroes out there. They, they have, you know, in, in the summer, they're sweating to death out outside doing repairs and winter they're, they're freezing, getting soaking wet. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the good stuff gets passed out to the office staff. You know, they're the ones that the vendors come in with cookies that they get to eat and all that stuff like that. Anyway, um, so it's just an extra bonus for, for the maintenance guys to, to have time off. Now, um, so that's kind of how that transition went. And, and you're right, Blaze, you know, they do, you know, the managers have flexibility um, to, you know, if, if something's going on, they want to have some coverage. If maybe their occupancy's flagging a little bit, they've got extra collections, people they're trying to get a hold of. You know, they're, they have all the authority to just to change it up a little bit and have somebody come in Friday and Saturday, as long as they, you know, Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, they get off early to, to make those hours up and, and it works for their schedule to, to do so. Um, you know, so we're not blind to the realities of, of what happens on site. You know, it's not like a hard and fast rule where um, everybody's off on Thursday afternoon and that's that and you can't violate this, this sacred principle. Um, so we try to give you know, everybody the authority to, to react as they need to. So you touched base on something too, and I, I want to get to it a little bit later about empowering your people in, in order to make decisions. But I just wanted to ask one question about, have you seen any unintended, unintended consequences for rolling this out or any real big benefits that you've seen that really have solidified the decision that you guys have made? Yeah, I mean, to the benefits, I think, are a little easier, although maybe not always as quantifiable. I mean, I think the employees love it. I think they love having Friday off, um, as you would expect. Um, I love being able to, you know, when somebody you know needs to make an appointment, saying, well, why don't you make it on Friday? That's why we that's why we have this. You know, so if they're trying to call in, you can kind of talk them into understanding that you know, we, we that's why you have that day. Right. Um, and we think that, you know, happy workers, more productive. And, you know, we believe in the idea that if you take care of your, your employees, your employees will help take care of your customers. So the benefits, I think we, we've seen um, the unintended consequences, you know, you know, let's be honest, there's, there's always going to be people that aren't happy 
were trying to take advantage of things, you know, so we had to kind of adjust where people would call in on Thursday and, and end up with a, you know, like a four or five day weekend or whatever. Um, so, you know, we made some, some, what we think were modest adjustments to where if, if you're calling in and it's not an excused absence, you're not sick with a doctor note or anything, then, then, you know, you're going to have to work for those extra four hours on Friday. And um, clearly you, you were, you were stating too, that your occupancy hasn't suffered from this. So it's, it's looked like it's been a success thus far. Nicole, I just want to ask you a question too. What what is your take on the, this four day work week as an industry veteran, and uh, what what do you see as benefits or potential uh, worries? Yeah, I, I think that you know, I think scalability. You know, what I mentioned before, I think that there's, I think there's something to it. I think that you know, for the most part, now I've been a salaried associate for a long time, so I think my my days have been nine and ten hours, right? Just just naturally. Um, but I feel like for the for the side associates that we always talk about a work life harmony, work life synergy, work life balance, however you want to you know kind of call it. And I do think that there's opportunity. I think that if you were able to, you know, again stagger those schedules to where everyone's working those four day work weeks, but they're all you know a little bit you know different as far as you know making sure that the office is covered, and then of course your residents are, are taken care of. Um, I think it's kind of like working from home. You know, before the pandemic, it, it was definitely a no-no in a lot of industries, right? Um, this one included, right? And so I think that now it's it's changed. And so what I love about it is asking the question. What I'm excited about is that we need to ask the question for our companies. It might not work, but let's just not say we've never done it, so we shouldn't consider it. And that's just kind of how I feel in general is just ask, ask the questions because like I was thrilled after I had that conversation with Mike because I was thinking, wow, this could be something that we could, you know, see more often. And I think that yeah. to your point, the the associate is the one, a lot of times they're working those. And again, this is just, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to paint with a broad brush here, but it's like a lot of times they're working those long hours anyway, and they have to cut OT, you know, uh, you're sending people home on Friday or sending people home on Wednesday to try to manage that. Um, whereas if you try to create your schedule in anticipation of that, you know, it might, it might make you more efficient. I don't know. Just, just a thought. I think it's great though. Yeah, absolutely. I've been I, I'm super excited about hearing about this and uh, and what that could look like going forward. Uh, you know, you it's important to point out again too that you guys implemented this before the pandemic as well. So this is something that you guys truly believed in and really wanted to put forward. So I think going forward as as the world's changed a little bit, this is a lot of new things that we need to consider with all of our organizations too. And, you know, employee happiness and mental health is a big part of that as well. And I think that you're creating a, a great atmosphere for your team. Now, I want to touch base a little bit on hiring some of your folks there at Highland. Now, my understanding is that sometimes if a resident may need assistance, um, you guys may hire them on. Can you just tell us a little bit about that process and what that looks like? Yeah, um, you know, one of the really neat things about our industry in general, I think, is that um, you know, and I'm sure this is ground y'all have covered before, but I, I feel pretty strongly about it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. But when our employees go to work, they're not pushing widgets around, they're not you know collecting dimes for for whatever. I mean, this is people's home, this is their life, you know. And so our staff, from the porter, groundskeeper up to the manager, are involved in in their customers' lives, you know, intimately a lot of, a lot of times, and so. You know, our managers, our, our on-site staff are the first to know when when one of their customers is in trouble. You know, they lost their job. They can see them not going to work. They're talking to them about, about you know, the rent payments. And so they know their customers on a level that, you know, in a lot of businesses, you don't get to know, you know, your customers. And so 
you know, we'll, we'll have situations where let's say, you know, this person they've lived with us for a little while now, they're, you know, they're obviously hardworking people that are into some trouble. You know, I think they would be a good addition to the team. And so, you know, we're more than happy to, to hire them on. Um, so we've had a few that we started as groundskeepers, you know, to, um, and this really accelerated during the pandemic. We did this before, but it really accelerated during the pandemic when there's more and more people, you know, running, running into trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah so we, we'd bring them in, um, and, and give them a steady job, good, you know, decent benefits, uh, a four day, a four day work week, um, where they could support themselves, have some pride in what they're doing and, um, you know, and, and, and stay with us. Cause at the end of the day, we want our customers to stay customers. You know, that, that's, everybody in the industry does. Well, and, and think about that from the job seekers perspective is that, you know, you know, you could be living in an apartment community right now. You know, you, you know, why, why happens you walk down to the, to the leasing office and, and said, Hey, are you guys hiring or looked on their website? It's just another thought that, you know, I love that, that Highland is doing the right thing when it makes sense. And I, and I think having that mantra and that, you know, um, that attitude is just going to have a great ripple effect. And so in sometimes Mike has said that they've hired when it's beyond their FTE or full, full-time employee count. It's just, it, it makes sense that, you know, having an extra set of hands to help pick up grounds, you know, it, you know, it always, you know, I always feel like there's more room for that. Right. Um, so I think that doing the right thing um, sometimes, sometimes is, is the right way. So I think that, you know, your, um, your approach is great. I think it's amazing that uh, I think that creates a better community as well. You know, having people more involved and uh, yeah, I, I think that's a wonderful approach. I, we mentioned the empowering of employees uh, a little bit earlier. I want to just touch base on your Monday meetings. Uh, what what are the origins of these Monday meetings? What do you what do you what do you take from them? I, I'll let you explain it. Yeah, every Monday we have you know our, our Monday morning lineup. We call it, um, and it's basically a chance for our customer or our employees to tell stories about how they've helped customers. Um, this started, you know, Marco started this, uh, you know, a few years before I, I came along. This is something that I think originated with, you know, the Ritz Carlton Monday morning, you know, lineup mm-hmm. um, where they um, exchange customer stories. And, you know, it, it started in person, you know, before the pandemic hit, we kind of already transitioned to a, a Zoom slash, you know, Google video meet um, meeting so that we can involve the maintenance teams as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, to me, it's inspiring. It's an inspiring way to start. Monday to hear the stories of what our employees are doing to help their customers every day. Um, I may have gone off track from your question, Blaze, so you can you can randomly back if you want to, because I can probably talk about this for a, a really long time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, basically, it does it does a couple things. It reinforces the fact that we want our employees to take care of the customers, right? That that's their mm-hmm. primary focus, and so we feel like by encouraging them to share in front of their peers the things that they've done. Um, it basically, it's, it's a just giant permission structure. They tell the things that they've done and by us listening and plotting them for it, you know, we're giving them permission to do good. Um, their peers are hearing the things that they're doing and it's giving them permission to do the same kind of things. Um, and I mean, I'll be honest, there's some things that, you know, from a risk management perspective that you hear your, your staff is doing for your customers, you, you kind of, you, know, you kind of sit up straight and you're like, okay, let's not put them in the car again. But at the same time, you understand that, that, you know, this, these are really important things that, that, that we're doing. It goes back to the relationship between our on-site staff and the people that are their customers, that this is their home, this is their life, um, you know, and, and it all goes back, it all goes back to that. And one of the things we talked about yesterday, and I, I also worked for a company um, that had that approach and we call them daily huddles, but we absolutely modeled it after 
the Ritz Carlton. And it was just, you know, quick, 10 minutes, nothing, nothing crazy, but just kind of talk through the day. And it does set the tone. But what I, what I loved hearing about yesterday, Mike, and, and this kind of goes into the first topic we talked about with the scheduling of the four-day work week, and then also with these decisions that they're making, is that empowerment piece. Because if you're focusing on that and you're really trusting them, which is what I hear, to make the right decision. And what did you say? Permission to do good? Um, you know, I think that, you know, I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about that reinforcement with your teams because, you know, give, give us some of the specifics you gave us yesterday as far as if a service associate needs to make a decision and waive something, um, that they have the, the empowerment to do it. There's no red tape that goes all the way up to the general manager, you know, for a carport or something like that. But if you can share some of those examples, I think that would be beneficial for everybody to know what you're talking about. Yeah, thanks, Nicole. And that really is it. I mean, it starts at the customer, right? And the idea is that we don't want a customer coming into the leasing office or just seeing a staff member out on site that to come to them with a problem and then them not be able to solve it. You know, what we want is for the customer to be able to have their problem solved without being told, well, I have to ask my boss, I have to ask my boss, right? So it's, it starts with the customer and then it goes to the, to the employee, you know, to, um, I think there's value. I think they feel value in being able to make decisions, right? And they definitely feel value in being able to help people. And so, yeah, that, that's really where it starts is, you know, I'm, I'm behind on my, my rent, you know, back when we were doing late fees, which we've, we've stopped, um, you know, during the pandemic. But, you know, if, if a manager just wanted to waive a late fee or two late fees or three, they could just do it. They could just say, listen, I, I see you're trying hard. We're just going to waive these fees. And, and all we ask, you know, all I ask is, as a general manager is just send me an email. Tell me what happened. Tell me what you did. You know, and that's kind of a reinforcement structure as well, which is, listen, I think that was a great idea. I'm glad you helped the customer or, yeah. you know, Hey, maybe let, next time, let's not give a whole month of rent away for, you know, for nothing. These are some, some options that you could, you could have. Uh, but it's important for us to never cut them off at the knees in front of the customer. If you tell the customer that you gave them a month rent for free, I may put the phone down and silently, you know, say a couple of choice words to myself internally and to myself only. But when I respond to you, I'm going to say, listen, you know, this isn't maybe the ideal solution, but I'm never going to say, go back to the customer and say, you can't, because yeah. they need But again, that, that's how they learned the, you know, there's, there's definitely parameters, but how you get there, you know, is definitely, you know, up to that, uh, the authentic presentation of that person. And when you're having those meetings, what I love about it is that they're hearing what other people are doing. So they, the next time they're presented with a similar situation, they have kind of a, a map, right? And they have kind of examples to follow. And I've been lucky enough to listen to a couple of their meetings, one before the pandemic and one after. And I was really struck by just the kindness that's happening because of these meetings. And I heard a similar story from the first meeting to the second meeting, just of someone taking that extra five minutes to talk to someone who is lonely or to go pick up a you know, something for them at a store or whatever the case might be, you know, that you can tell that they're learning from each other and those kindnesses just go so long, especially right now. So right. It's, just, it's such a nice and inspiring um, way to start your Monday, like what Mike was saying. And I feel really lucky to have gotten a listen in on them. They're really impactful. And hopefully this is going to inspire more HR innovations. I think that's why we're doing this program, right? We, we want to be able to put a focus on some things that are really benefiting communities and the people. And, you know, it doesn't stop here, but I got, I got one more uh, kind of big segment to talk about. And I know our time is limited, limited, but you know, something real quick, I, I was a foster parent and uh, for a couple of years and uh, my, my children aged out of the program. And you were telling me uh, yesterday uh, that you guys are part of this program called the through project T H R U. 
And it's a, a nonprofit helping uh, children that are aging out of foster care. You guys have teamed up with them. So can you tell us a little bit about this project and how Highland has teamed up with the Through Project? Yeah, thanks, Blaze. Um, yeah, it's it's something that I'm I'm really passionate about, um, and I didn't know anything about it until I was introduced to. I was introduced to Elaine Harrell. She's the the head of the Through Project, and it's a group that, um, like you said, it's a wraparound service organization. They provide all kinds of counseling and support to youth that are aging out of the foster care system. And um, you know, for whatever flaws it may or may not have, that foster care system ends at a certain age, and and these these young people are kind of you know, sent out into the world. Um, and so, you know, I was introduced to Elaine and, you know, we sat down and have a conversation. We basically said, listen, you know, there's more people in the world in San Antonio and Houston than, that, that need help than we can possibly help. But if there's, if there's some place that we can make an impact, we're going to do it. And so we just, you know, you know, the, the stat that she gave was that something like 40% of youth aging out of foster care become homeless and, mm-hmm. you know, we provide housing and that's something that we can, that, that we could help with. So we, we started a program with them, uh, the housing program where they would identify a youth that came through the program. They'd call me and, and we, we'd get them situated in an apartment. We wouldn't do any kind of our normal application or screening process. Basically if, if Elaine or, or Chris Lopez or her head uh, program head there um, said, I've got somebody for you, we'd say, all right, bring, bring them by. And, um, you know, we'd make them do the application just as a life skill for them, but, you know, it didn't really matter. They pay the rent and, you know, we, a couple of times we'd give, give the, give them a, a Chromebook, you know, so that they could have a computer to, to, you know, work through, um, you know, just in life and school or work, whatever they're doing. Um, so it's, you know, to us, it's a really great program. We've helped, you know, since 2017, when we started this, we've helped, you know, a good number of, of youth to the program. The Through Project's been able to expand it. They have a partnership with the San Antonio Housing Authority now um, that they also do it with. So, you know, we saw it as a way to show that it can work and be part of a, a solution in society. So it's something that we, we feel really passionate about. And um, I'd love to, t- I could talk about it for, for a long time. So I'll, I'll stop myself here. <laughs> yeah. If you want to find out more information though, people can definitely reach out to you. They can find out more information through the throughproject.org, T-H-R-U-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. Um, I think it's a wonderful project as well. And, and not to, to plug, but I, I work uh, with a nonprofit here in Houston. Yours is San Antonio specific. I'm with one uh, Houston specific as well. So if anybody else out there is listening uh, to put foster children uh, into some housing and really maybe even refugee families and things of that nature, you can reach out to me. I won't plug that though, because that's not what we're here for, but just letting you know while we're on topic. Yeah, um, and we have some in DFW too. So equal opportunity for sure um, to, you know, just to ensure that we're doing our best. I mean, again, housing is is our specialty. So whatever we can do to ensure that um, that we we take that as broad as possible. I think that's that's part of our responsibility. Yeah, and I and I should add that you know we've also had a chance to hire some some of the youth from the program yes. too. Because um, you know housing is our, our job, but also you know we love we, you know we love our employees and we love giving people a chance. And I you know I think it's a great industry for people to get into. Um, you know, there's a lot of growth potential, so it's a great foot in the door uh, for. And some of these, let's be honest, some of these youth might not have the opportunity to to join our industry with without without that program. So. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, yeah. Yep. Well, Mike, I think uh, you know you you being on this show today, talking about everything that you have in your organization, it's been amazing uh, having this conversation. I hope everybody out there has uh, picked something up from listening. Uh, please feel free to reach out. Well, Mike, thank you again, uh, Nicole and Becca. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Thank you, everyone. It's been a pleasure, Mike. Thank you.
Thank you, Thanks, Mike. Everybody. We appreciate Thanks, you. Bye-bye.